Hey guys, you're listening to Leaving a Legacy. You don't have to scoop to anyone. Right. Even it, your mom, you know, when she's going <laughs> to pop eight, then you're going to pop around, man. So we're going... <laughs> we moved into the balls D portion of the <laughs> There's some things you just can't buy in Vermont. It's like like Mex- Mexican, Mexican food, you can't buy Mexican food. <laughs> Welcome back, everyone. We got another awesome episode of Leaving a Legacy in store for tonight or today or this morning or whatever your time zone happens to be. Uh, joined by my two faithful co-hosts, as always. I got Adrian. What's man, up, man? You just throw in the pressure on there. Yeah, I do it big, man. Do it big. <laughs> and then I also got, you know, the one and only Patrick. <laughs> What's going on, man? Go big or go home. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, Pat's Pat's on the same page. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I'm even more excited because we have a super special guest. Uh, probably the person that I've learned the most about legacy from ever. Uh, we have the one and only Josh Sissio on the cast tonight. How's it going, man? Hey, how's it going, everyone? Pretty good, pretty good. Uh, so what, what's up, Josh? You wanna, I guess, you know, dive right into it? You wanna tell people a little about your, about, blah, a little bit about yourself? <laughs> um, I've been playing Magic since, maybe competitive with Magic since like Macadian Mask, Legacy in particular since, like 2004, mm-hmm. um, back when dual lands were ten dollars. Nice, <laughs> the good old days. <laughs> um, I used to play at our local event, and if you won on like you just win a 15 person event, you could get a set of dual lands. So that was pretty sweet. <laughs> um, <laughs> I have like 2,000 legacy matches played, which is just like ridiculous. Oh yeah, um, the, uh, the website tracks your uh, your ratings. Yeah. And, <laughs> I just have a ridiculous amount of legacy. I've played a lot. Yeah, but you, um, you've been playing since you were 12, right? Um, competitively, since I was 14. Okay, and you're almost... Not that I was good. I call it competitive, but I wasn't good. You, you, <laughs> you're still under 30, right? But just barely? I just, turned, I just turned 30 on New Year's Day. Oh, you did turn 30? Yes. Okay. So that's so that's, that's quite some time. It is, it is. I mean, I was, I remember I was watching, I saw you on coverage too, on, um, it must have been SCG Worcester or something, and, you know, I'm listening to the announcers while I'm seeing you on coverage, and it was like, Cedric, Cedric Phillips was like, he said something like, uh, well, Josh Sissio has quite the legacy pedigree. <laughs> I'm like, oh shit. Yeah, no, I've, I, I never realized it because to me, you were always the guy at the local shop. Uh, and then when we started going to bigger tournaments, I'm like, oh man, Josh knows like everyone. <laughs> People are like, oh yeah, Josh is like pretty well known in the legacy scene. I've been playing a long time. I used to go to Jupiter Games in New York every month for like two years. Mm-hmm. You know, I've I've played a lot. I've flown to several G- legacy GPs. So you're saying you're the perfect guest for a legacy podcast? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't play as much as I'd like to. I played an event in November, and then I just played another one this past January. I don't play. I used to play several times a week, so. Mm-hmm. Then, but I've uh, you went I've off to the long. to the Air Force. Yeah, that's not even it. Just life in general. Yeah. New puppies, but, puppies, puppies take up a lot of time. <laughs> yeah, puppy life, girlfriend, house. Yeah. But uh, I mean, now you just get to scratch that legacy itch. We're gonna talk some solid legacy tonight, guys. You ready? Oh, I'm ready. Oh yeah. <laughs> so. 
just to get the smack talk out of the way, uh, Celso, Josh heard your, your, uh, discussion about bug, de- shardless bug a couple weeks ago and he wanted to weigh in his two cents cause shardless bug is, uh, kind of your baby right now, right, Josh? Um, I wouldn't call it necessarily my baby. I like to switch up decks as much as I can. Mm-hmm. But, um, no, I think it's very well positioned. It's, Charlotte's agent is just too good. Yeah. is too powerful. There's not that many bad matchups, and you can beat the bad matchups. So, I don't know, I, I like it. Specifically, you were saying that the two matches that Celso said he, uh, he lost to, in the side of him playing Charlotte's Bug, were actually the two matches that you beat in top eight. This was uh, the tournament that you you ended up splitting with uh, Caleb on, right? Right. So I ended up playing Burn round six. I was five and one, mm-hmm. and um, I knew I was playing against Burn, and it was unfortunate. And I actually could have won game three, but I was on the draw. But my second land was a creeping tar pit, and so mm-hmm. my curve just got all messed up and I actually lost because of it. If it was any other land, I would have won the game. Yep. Um, but I ended up winning my final... I lost to him, won my final round. Top eight on the draw, I find out I'm playing against Red White Painter. Yep. So I was pretty discouraged. But I don't know, because I knew what he was playing, I mulliganed some hands, I mulliganed aggressively, and, you know, I kept Abrupt Decay up as long as possible. Toxic Deluge answered um, Magus of the Moon, and I don't know, it wasn't that bad. It was better than I actually thought it would be. And then in top four, of course, on the dry play against Burn, which I was very discouraged against once again. Yeah. But um, we came up with a game plan where I was going to board a meddling mage against them because, not that it's an all-star, but it's better than, like, um, Jace and Ancestral Visions. There's just some bad cards. So I boarded the meddling mage and it actually won me at least game three. might have won me game two. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just really good. The games are obviously close. Burn is a very bad matchup. But if you can go, like, Deathrite into Tarmogoyf, and they have a couple creatures, like, they don't have a burn-heavy hand, I, I think it's fine if you can get that type of hand. Yeah. You said we. We came up with a game plan. So who's who's this we that you're referring to? Um, my, I was referring to Steve Deathrite, who I drove down there with, and Brent Gilmore. Brent was also on the deck. Um, we just figured if I could... If I knew his hand... Thought Metal Mage could be good, but either way, towards the late game, they always have Fire Bass or Price of Progress in their hand. Mm-hmm. Pretty, like it's a given they're gonna have one of the two. Right. Um. So if you can name one of them key cards, or just early on it blocks a Goblin Guide or something, so it's it's really not a bad card compared to Jace and these other dead cards. It's not not a, not an All Star, but it's better than the alternative. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I don't know. That's what I did, and I ended up. He ended up. Losing and he had price of progress in hand. Oh, really? Yeah. So it was, it was very close, very, very close magic as it is against burn, you know, but I got fortunate and beat both two bad matchups on the draw. So what you're saying is so, so you just didn't want it enough. Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) Pretty much. I love just shit talking Celso when he can't defend himself. <laughs> I, if I sat down and had to play Burn every round, I wouldn't be happy, of course. Yeah. But at the same time, it is winnable. I board. I have a couple disfigures in the board. I mulligan. If I know they're on Burn or something, I'm mulligan pretty aggressive. You know, I, I want a death right Tarmogoyf in. They're gonna kill death right like 100 percent of the time. Mm-hmm. But then Tarmogoyf is gonna be a three four, and they can't kill it. Yeah, I mean, so. even if they kill Deathrite 100% <laughs> of the time, it's still gaining you three life, because that's, you know, a bolt not going to your face. 
Exactly. But once they kill it, then the fact that Goyf is a 3-4 is just huge. Like, they can't beat that. Yeah. How do you feel about Forceful in that matchup? Some people board him out, <laughs> other people leave him in. I keep him in because, for one, I like I said, I have a lot of other bad cards. Mm-hmm. And for two, I just need to force a will, a key, Price of Progress, Fire Blast, maybe a Sulfuric Vortex, mm-hmm. Eidolon can be a pain. Or even like a turn one like mentor or guy, depending on my hand. Like if if I have even if I have abrupt decay and I'm on the draw, a yeah. turn one goblin guide is going to do a lot of damage. Right. So I might want to force a will it if I can. I got so yeah I used to, I loved playing shardless bug and I got so discouraged playing against burn all the time. That's why I went to ten fins. Yeah, <laughs> Which is like. <laughs> but like I mean I, like I would be playing against burn. I'm holding like thought seize force a will. Like man, this is rough. I don't even mind Thoughtsy. Thoughtsy is a, it's not great. You're losing two life, but you're always taking something that either deals three damage, so you're not in a life, or you're taking a creature, or you're taking a price of progress, hmm. the sulfuric vortex. So I don't think Thoughtsy is the worst, but okay. you need pressure. That's the key. Yeah, the key huh. is pressure. Otherwise, you just lose. Yeah, I also lost a burn uh, this weekend, so it rears its ugly head every now and then. And what were you on? <laughs> you really want to know? Yes. <laughs> I'll give you a hint. It's a uh, it's an enchantment. Oh, you play? Where did you play that deck? <laughs> uh, I, play, I you instantly know what it was. <laughs> uh, I was at uh, Gaming Etc. on their uh, FNM Legacy, and Brent Gilmore, who you mentioned you drove down with, was just l- practically rolling on the floor laughing, watching my games. Was that last? <laughs> I almost went last Friday to go to Should've that. Should have gone. I went two one and one with the one and only Stasis. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. That's actually not bad. I know, right? Uh, and yeah, my only loss was against Burn. And the reason why I lost against Burn is I had the lock. I had the lock up, and I drew Chain of Vapor. And the next turn, I was so excited about having the Chain of Vapor, I forgot to pay for the Stasis up. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm just like, oh no, damn it. <laughs> Uh, last, funny. last, uh, match of the night. Those, uh, those brain cells start shutting off. But, yeah, 2 1 1, the draw was against Maverick. Turns out Scrib Fairy is a beast against Stasis. <laughs> yeah, cause he can untap all the land and. Yeah, well, he had noble hierarchs too, so Scrib Fairy is like one colorless, one green for a 1 1 flash flying protection from blue also, so that's awesome. And it has. Return a land to your hand, untap a creature. So he was like returning a land to untap his noble hierarchs to get, <laughs> to get her off the stasis lock. I'm like, oh, this blows. So, uh, he, he, I still prevented. He couldn't. He couldn't kill me because he would basically like play a two-two and then it would attack me once and then get tapped down. Right. So we ended up drawing that match. Um, and then I ended up beating Charbelcher and Tinfins as the two decks that I beat that night. Oh. <laughs> uh, it was, it was awesome. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, first, first and probably only time I can say that I beat Charbelcher by ultimating Jace. <laughs> but, I got uh, lucky. Yeah. Thinking about Charbelcher reminds me of, I think the first Star City, actually, um, mm. in Box Bro. For, so the first Star City in Massachusetts. So we're talking like oh like seven or eight. Like first ever Star City. I don't know if it's the first one. Ever, first in, one in that area. Yeah. Um, maybe oh seven oh eight. I'm playing against Belcher. Game one. Game one, I beat him. I'm playing like a four color countertop deck. Mm-hmm. Game two, I don't mulligan a hand with. I'm on the draw. 
I don't mulligan for force of will because I have countertop. Yeah. I'm like, all right, this is fine. No big deal. He turned one, belches me. Good. And I was like, well, that was stupid. Why didn't I mulligan? <laughs> and, and he proceeds to, to reveal, hit, hits Tega like the sixth card down. I take 12 and then I assemble the countertop lock and he can't, he doesn't ever draw the mana spells and I'm able to like counter his LEDs and stuff. So yeah. I end up, I end up locking him out of the game and winning. <laughs> I got so lucky. Oh my god! I actually had a hilarious matchup in the counter in the uh, Charbelcher match. He Gataxian probes me, sees that I have uh, Flusterstorm in hand, and then proceeds to make like twenty mana and have six. Like I think he ended up with like eight mana floating, and then casts uh, Empty the Warrens because he saw I had Flusterstorm in hand. So, <laughs> so he sees like he sees all these uh, the flusterstorm. So he needs to make enough mana that he can actually pay for plus flusterstorm. But what he didn't see is that I had drawn remand off off the top. So I oh. I remand one of the empty the warrens like tokens to get my storm count up and like brainstorm and end up flusterstorming and stacking it. So he has to pay. So he ends up with like four goblins, and then I immediately just slam stasis. So he swings with the goblins and then they don't untap for the rest of the game. I wish I could have sold this deck. Oh my god, I'm I'm running it again. Get ready. <laughs> I would I would run it this Sunday, but it's modern this Sunday. <laughs> you gonna say something, Adrian? Yeah, I was just trying to imagine the interaction between like remanding your own flusterstorm if you needed to to flusterstorm <laughs> again. Uh, I didn't have enough mana to do that, unfortunately. So I had to remand his empty the Warren's token and then use my one mana. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, remand is empty the Warren's token. Well, yeah, you well you remand one of the copies, so that takes. Oh, I see. I see. That effectively counters one of the copy because it's a copy, so it can't return to their hand. Yep. And then it also remand counts as a as a stack for the flusterstorm. Yep. So my storm count ended up being like two higher than his. Okay. Hmm. It was it was a ridiculous matchup. And, uh, yeah, the one match I lost to was against Burn. Because, yeah, it turns out Fire Blast is really good against Stasis. <laughs> <laughs> but not Price of Progress. Uh, actually, Price of Progress is pretty good, too. Because, like, I, I got to the point where I actually had more fetch lands in play than islands in my deck. So, <laughs> even if I, like, fetched with the fetch lands, it still meant Price of Progress only dealt one damage to me instead of two. But it's still relevant against Burn. Right. Yeah, but the deck was awesome. It actually had much better game than I expected it to, so I kind of want to run it back, increase the sample size a little bit. Something more than Maverick, Charbelcher, Tinfins, Burn. <laughs> hmm. I'd be curious to play you with Shardless. Yeah, I'm interested to see how that match ends up. I think I just abrupt the case stasis and then... <laughs> yeah, yeah. well, I mean, you have to have mana to do that. <laughs> that's true. No, that's true. I mean, because I'm also running, like, Winter Orb. That's uh, awesome. That card's <laughs> just good against Shadowless anyways. Oh, man, it was great. Uh, Winter Orb, and then I bring in Back to Basics out of the board. <laughs> yeah. Those are all pretty good. <laughs> uh, the deck is just so trolly. Like, I, I almost lost multiple times by decking myself. Because it runs uh, Ancestral Visions without Shardless Agents, because you just, the game lasts that long. <laughs> you just yeah. suspend Ancestral Visions and then go four turns. <laughs> you should play Port, that way when they think they have an untapped land. <laughs> no, that's what Valzeric's for. Screw Port. <laughs> I'm just kidding. It would screw you over, too. But it would, it would. It'd be funny. <laughs> a a one-of Port. 
Oh man, but yeah, I'm, I'm glad I put that together. It was it was pretty awesome. Uh, what about what about the rest of you guys? You guys playing any Legacy lately? Um, I haven't since the that last event, and I'm not sure if I'm going to until uh the the next event in February, February 21st. Yeah, I know. We uh, oh yeah, for our listeners who haven't checked out the Facebook page, we started a uh, post on the Facebook page where we're just kind of gathering together all the le- upcoming Legacy events. So is that the uh, the 5K Eternal Extravaganza Satellite, uh, February 21st in Newington, Connecticut? Yep, that's the same one, same store as we were just at, which fortunately is only like a half hour from my house. Ah, lucky bit, it's like two hours from me. But yeah, Jerry, I was telling you, you guys could have came down and stayed at the fucking place. Yeah, well, we worked it out, and it's like it would have only shaved like half an hour to forty five minutes off our commute, and we're just like, eh, sleeping in our own beds would is worth the extra forty five okay. minutes. But we appreciate the offer, Adrian. Hmm. I mean, um, if, if you want to like fully furnish the house and you know have manservants, that that may sway us. <laughs> um, I've done pretty good at that that uh, store. Yeah. The only other time I went there was in November. The last event I played in November. Mm-hmm. It was at F and M. It was at um, Star City IQ, but it was the weekend of SCG New Jersey. So yeah. everyone went down to New Jersey Friday night. Oh really? So so me, Brent, and Nick Wilbur went down to the store to play. There only ends up being eight people total. This is, is a g- guaranteed prize pool? <laughs> guaranteed prize pool, $300, <laughs> eight people. So what they do is they started off cut to top eight, single a limb. All three of us dodge. <laughs> I played against Dredge round one. I end up beating him. Um, Brent ends up beating, I don't, I forget what he played against, and Nick ends up losing. Mm-hmm. So we cut the top, so we're in top four. Brent and I dodge again. I play against Grixis Delver, Brent plays Merfolk. We each beat him. Him and I split the finals, $150 each, for a half hour drive, and we were done in like an hour and a half. <laughs> uh, that's, that's pretty good. That is value right there. <laughs> yeah, and then we hit up Sonic on the way back, too. So, oh, that's so extra I mean, value. That, yeah, that's extra value. I mean, the only thing better would be if it was Popeyes. That Popeyes is pretty good. <laughs> oh man, we were we were driving down to like G- I think it was like GP New Jersey or something like that, and Josh was in a separate car, and Josh was just sending me pictures of all the Popeyes they stopped at on the way. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's one in in New York, and um, the Vince Lombardi uh, rest stop kind of near Newark. Mm-hmm. So it's just like a guarantee. You got to go there every time. Yeah, you know, I, I wish like my ultimate goal in life is that I can have a rest stop in New Jersey named after me. I think I'm, I know that's I've made goal. it at that point. That yeah, I mean that's my goal. That's that's a, that's a, that's a pretty low goal here. <laughs> I, I know he's saying go big, go home earlier. <laughs> yeah, right. hey, if it's good enough for Vince Lombardi, it's good enough for me. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> the championship, like a Super Bowl winning champions of all time, but measured by the fact that he has a place named after him on the New Jersey Turnpike. That's the big, better accomplishment. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> the New Jersey naming board is actually really strict. <laughs> You've looked into it? I've looked into it. I tried to bribe my way in. They're they're very stand up people. Well, if there's any way if there's any way you can bribe your way in, it's probably in New Jersey. It's probably in New Jersey. <laughs> <laughs> um speaking about heading south, after uh the five K we also got SCG Philadelphia at the end of February. Actually the week after the five exactly. K. Yep. So we've got two big events back to back on the East Coast. Um, I actually put in today requesting time off for my job. So if I get those days off, I think I may hit both of those up. 
Oh, that'll be awesome. I'm not planning on Philly, but Newington actually sounds pretty interesting. I know it's like a half hour from my house, Adrian. Yeah, so we should carpool. We could. The um, I know some of the guys from South Florida Magic were coming up to Philly. Yeah, yeah, they were talking about that. So that'd be, I think Philly would be cool because it just seems like a lot of the uh, the listeners have hit us up saying that they're going to be there. So it seems like it'd be a sweet gathering place for everyone. Mm-hmm. And the Reading Terminal Terminal across the street has the best food. Oh yeah, Reading Terminal's awesome. Everyone just talks about that. I got to go to there. It's like Philadelphia's like Quincy Market for those of exactly. us who live in Boston. Josh, have you ever been to this place over here called? It's like BT Smokehouse. Yeah. Is it good? It's very good. Is it? Very good. I highly recommend it. I'll try to get some people some time then. <laughs> that was uh, that was the segment of the podcast where we call out the local barbecue joints. Cause <laughs> John John Kerman, it's his favorite section. <laughs> Celso, brought, uh, me and Celso went over to Bear Smokehouse when I went down to Ice Imports a little while ago, and uh, I always, I mean, I always loved the Brazilian Steakhouse, but I went by this place, the Smokehouse. I didn't even realize it was there. Yeah, Patrick, are you going to make it to Philly? Uh, I don't think I'm going to be able to make it to Philly, unfortunately. I talked to the wife, and it doesn't look like it'll be able to happen. Um, yeah, a full weekend yeah. is tough. Yeah, it's a little difficult. We have two little ones, too, so it's a lot to put on her, you know, just leave her by herself. But um, I will be going to, uh, you know, fingers crossed, I should be able to go to GP Columbus in June, and then obviously I'll be in Worcester um, in July for sure. Oh, you better That'll be man. awesome. We're going to hotel. We're going to have a hotel party. Yeah, man. I mean, cocaine and midget strippers. Get ready. <laughs> I like it. I've actually been out to Ohio, uh, to like the Columbus area a few times, and it's actually not a bad time. There's a lot of stuff to do out there. There's a couple good bars I've been to. Um, the last time I was out there, I actually went to go see the Patriots play uh, the Browns, and the Browns actually crushed the Pats. This was a few years ago. Um, but you know, it's a, it's a good city to go to, man. It's a lot of fun. I enjoyed it. I I actually drove out there for a GP. Yep. Yeah. So yeah, it's not yeah. that far. It's only like. It was, what? Six twelve hours? hours? Twelve hours? Six. No, I uh, think it was like twelve. Yeah, it, t- I, it took me like nine hours to get there when I drove. Yeah. I'm, gonna, I'm gonna do it at six. I'm gonna do it in six. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you drive, Jerry. I'll be in the back seat. No, I'm, it's I'm good. Be anywhere near that car. <laughs> I'll be like, I want like oh, a five point racing harness. What is it? Like every time me, Josh, Wilbur, like carpool, it's like they they're like pissing themselves in the back seat. <laughs> You guys need a you guys need a ball up here. <laughs> You're not the best driver. <laughs> it's actually not the driving; it's the navigating. So. Uh, the navigating isn't the best. Does it break the map out over the steering wheel, cross of the windshield? <laughs> Map um, uses maps. I was gonna say no. I haven't seen a physical map in a car in like probably a, over a decade. Oh, <laughs> um, a couple. I, I mean, I have several Jerry stories just driving it, and it's crazy. <laughs> We, this one tournament, we go down to Tales of, Advent- of Adventure. We stay at a hotel. It's like five minutes from the site. So we're like, okay, perfect. We wake up a little early, so we're we're ahead of the game. And the GPS is still navigating. But the first thing it says is, like, turn right onto this highway. And, <laughs> but then the GPS, like, is questioning itself. <laughs> and the light turns green. So Jerry's like, I don't know what to do. So he panics and gets on the highway. Well, this, is a, this is a toll highway, and the next exit is like forty minutes up. Like, added, or it wasn't that far, but I think we added like forty minutes to our trip when we stayed five minutes away from the store. Nice. The same, the same trip on the way home. We're on eighty four, so we're pretty close to our house. 
we get off like randomly, like exit like 66. I'm like, Jerry, what are you doing? He's like, GPS said to get off. I was like, there's no way. I was like, turn around and get back on. It's like, no, GPS says to go this way. We did like a half hour of back roads and it eventually puts us on like the very next exit. I was like, Jerry, I knew where I was. I was all in one trip. I don't even know if I've driven with you since. <laughs> no, I think you have, maybe. I know uh, Wilbur and Steve have. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, man. Hey, we get there. We get there, okay? It's true. <laughs> late, late, but you get there. As long as he's got his deck list tournament, filled out in tournament advance. Tournament doesn't start until I show up. <laughs> uh, You're kind of a big deal. I'm kind of a big deal. <laughs> also, we got looking forward for local events all the way out in July. SCG is finally coming back to Worcester. Yep. Thank God. Yep, and it's going to be Legacy, thank God. Yep. I think they had, um, last May, what did they have, like five, 600 people? Yeah. yeah I got home the that. weekend after, so I missed it. Oh, but, yeah, that's right, you weren't around for that. Yeah, you're No, I'm, I got home the very next weekend. Yeah, that sucks. That was a good tournament. That was awesome. That was my first, uh, that was my first time playing Legacy ever, was that I that think, tournament? I think we, that was actually where we met in person, Pat, for the first yep. time. Yes, it was. Yes, it was. Oh, happy anniversary. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you haven't been playing that long, Patrick. Jeez. No, I started. I mean, I started playing Magic um, when I was in like like just getting out of middle school, getting into high school. Um, so that was like ninety eight, ninety nine, maybe around there, maybe nineties. Yeah, probably right, right around ninety eight. And um, I played up through uh, graduation of high school, and then I put it down. And then I picked it up again, um, I want to say 2014, whenever, whenever Born of the Gods came out, I started drafting um, right after Born of the Gods came out, and uh, started playing then, and um, after, uh, after my, other, my second son was born in uh, last December, and I just didn't have time to like be playing standard all the time, and just be trading, and, and just make events, and uh, so I sold out of all my standard stuff, I put together a modern deck. And then just, like took a hard look at the format, decided I didn't want to play that either. And uh without ever playing a game of modern, I just went right to legacy. I sold out of all my modern stuff and went into legacy and um I've been playing that since. So like it'll be a year in May, I guess, will be when I started playing legacy, but that's is, awesome. Uh, yeah, it is it's a great format, man. I really I really, really enjoy it. Um I think it's uh like if you look at it the long term way, it's a lot more affordable than playing standard or modern. Um, so I appreciate that about it as well. And the fact that I can put together decks and, uh, not touch them for a couple months or six months, a year, whatever, and still come back and play them, which is a big, big positive for me too. On top of that, you make money. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> the card, the cards have skyrocketed since, I mean, uh, even like 08, 09, I can go back to past eBay auctions and I got like a set of underground seas, mint condition 150, set of volts 100, like it's just, that's amazing. Crazy. Crazy. It's, it's ridiculous. I have like, uh, uh, like a collect, my magic collection in a spreadsheet and I like mapping the returns on it. And my magic collection is like doing laps around my stock portfolio. <laughs> <laughs> like it's like sad. <laughs> do you guys Crazy. see any, do you guys see any of this information about, uh, $70,000 of magic cards stolen out of a store in Texas? Oh yeah, I, I didn't hear That's about that. So unfortunate. What happens? Yeah. Um, Basically, a store, I forget what it's called. It might be like Pat's Games or something. Yeah, I think um, it is. And basically, two people just broke in. They broke the door down, 
literally sprinted into the store, grabbed like two or three cases and ran out. And the cases had alpha and beta cards, stacks of duels. They said about 70, 75 grand worth of cards. Yeah. Uh, so they, they, they knew what they were taking. Exactly. Yeah. They, yeah. They're definitely apart. like, they're definitely people who have been there before. Definitely players who have been at that store because they knew exactly what they were doing. They have them on camera. So hopefully they'll get some leads and track them down. Yeah. I always feel the hardest part about that happening is trying to convince local law enforcement just how valuable it is the things that were stolen. Right. No one understands. Yeah. It's like, oh, they stole a bunch of, like, cards. Oh, it's like, they, they think like? it's all oh, this Pokemon cards. Yeah, it's no like, oh, deal. what was that, like, 300 bucks? Yeah, we'll catch him. Like, uh, no, no. That's... It's like, no, actually, I could buy a condo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's that's your double your yearly salary. I did. I sold a collection and bought a house. Like, yeah. <laughs> People don't understand. It's crazy. Even when you lend someone else a deck, I'm like, oh yeah, I tell my girlfriend, I'm like, yeah, I'm lending them this deck. It's probably worth like four or five grand. She's yeah. Like, what? <laughs> yeah, you don't even think about it. It's like, oh yeah, I'll, uh, the number of times I'm just like, someone asked to borrow like a, an underground C, and it's like, oh yeah, Josh vouched for him. I'm like, okay, cool, here you go. But then if you if they ask for two hundred dollars, you'd be like, I don't know who they are. <laughs> exactly. Um, um, and also just to round off the list, just for anyone. For our friends in the north, in Ontario, Canada, there's Legacy for a Time Twister at OMG Games on uh, March, 12, uh, March 12th. You guys want to cross the border to try and win some power? <laughs> Do you own I any- did go to Canada recently, but there's yep. Niagara Falls. Exchange rate's great now. It's like 70 cents on the dollar. Go up, go up there and live like kings. Yeah, <laughs> I've, heard, I've heard a few uh, Canadian Magic players like kind of griping about the exchange rate. It kind of bones them a little bit. Yeah, but it's great if you, like, buy from face-to-face games. It's like, oh, they have the same prices as Star City Games, and then you realize their prices are in Canadian. So yeah. it's like a 30% sale all the time. Hmm. Do you buy from them? Have you bought from them, like, yourself? Yeah, so I bought from them a little uh, a little while ago uh, when they had the A-Team tokens, just because I wanted yep. to get those in. So I ordered, like, uh, some odds and ends. And shipping took a little bit longer, but it wasn't, like, ridiculously long. I mean, probably, yeah. like, buying from Channel Fireball, which is on the West Coast, took about the same time. Yep. And, uh, you know, they're, they're good quality. I mean, I have nothing but good things to say about face-to-face. Nice. nice. Uh, so, yeah, if you guys are looking for some uh, <laughs> exchange ratio uh, shenanigans, getting some discounted cards, look look to those Canadian stores. I'll have to check out what they have for prices on Entombs, because that's I just need four of those, and then uh, the deck's all set. Why don't oh, you get eight? You should get eight. You want eight? All right, I'll yeah. get eight. Yeah, sure. You want me to throw in a couple of UCs too? Then we could borrow four from you. <laughs> Is that That's for ten pins? Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, so <laughs> there's a uh, there's a store cl- like right right down the road from me um, in Milford, Mass, and uh, they started they finally started doing some legacy over there, um, but it's not like a sanctioned legacy event. So what they do is. They do, <laughs> so they do four rounds, uh, 30 minute rounds, so they want to keep it to two hours, um, and they, yeah, and wait, wait, that's not even the, that's not even the wackiest thing. So they, ex- they extended the banned list, so they have like the existing banned and restricted list for Legacy, and then they added to that, they added Force of Will, they added Lion's Eye Diamond, they added Natural Order, and they added- oh, no, Glimpse of Nature. Oh, Glimpse of Nature, I'm sorry. Glimpse of Nature, and they added, uh, uh, what was the fourth? I always forget. LED, Force of Will, Glimpse of Nature, and, um. Uh, Cat Sensei's Dwelling Top. Oh, yeah, it? top. Top. So, so given that ban list, Josh, what is the first deck that jumps to your mind to play in that meta? <laughs> I'd have to, like, see it on paper, but I would, without Force of Will, I 100% want to play a combo deck. Right. Yeah. 
And then without elves or counterbalance or storm, what combo deck do you want to play? Like probably reanimator or maybe tin fins. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> so that's why I'm putting together tin fins. <laughs> is that is that a that can't be TJ's, is it? Yeah, it is. Yeah. Oh jeez, I've played a lot there in the past. Yeah, well that's that's where I started playing Magic again. Um, like before I started, you know, before I came back to the game, everything I played was like kitchen table. I played like one tournament at the Lincoln Mall. Like for like oh man when I was like in in high school maybe maybe junior high, um, but uh yeah that's the place I started playing Magic at so I was there for like a year and a half, so I'm very familiar with the store very familiar with Tom and all them and uh, uh yeah I just I guess a friend of mine who goes there is like oh they're doing Legacy you should come down and then he's like but there's a few caveats to doing <laughs> Legacy. <laughs> so what so. do people normally run? Well I know he is doing Death and Taxes and he's won a few of the uh. A few of the events, um, but like the, the cool thing is that it's it. My buddy Nick is the one who uh, who had mentioned it, and Nick has two kids. Um, Lily is a little bit older; she's like maybe ten or eleven, and she actually like took fourth place with like her own little brew. So I That's think, nice. I, yeah, I think the idea, the, really the idea of it is not like to get people to playing Legacy per se, but to just give a really large card pool to like people who kind of want to get into the format but still be able to have some room to brew. <laughs> it's like competitive right? casual. It sounds like fun. Oh shit, here comes Tin Fist. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I just I'm only putting I'm only going to go do it once. I'm only going to go down there. You're going to go crush this do it they're going to ban in two. He's going to go play against this 11-year-old little girl named Lily. <laughs> like turn one Grizzle Brand. <laughs> you say you say that Adrian, but I played her um I used to play FNMs there every week. I would grind FNMs out, and um, <laughs> so what? She deserves it? <laughs> no, 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 no. She's a formidable player. Like when okay. I would play her, when I would play, yes, when I would play her in standard, it was uh, it was one of those things where like you can't cut her any slack. You can't be like super nice to her because she will fucking crush you. Yeah, but, so, like, so you're gonna so you're gonna give her shallow grave with no force of will chance. <laughs> <laughs> She's formidable. Let me take that away. Pat's history. Pat doesn't deal with loss well. That's why he beats me once, and he hasn't stopped talking about it after a year. Uh, uh, twice, Jerry. Uh, twice, twice. Still has dodged me. You've you've gone on three hundred and sixty-five days of dodge. And it, wait, wait, so so that actually makes it four times, right? Because there's two games in a round. Two on both times. Get two on me. Yeah, because I was playing like uh, man, I was playing sneak and show, and you're playing blue red. Delver, which is a yeah. terrible matchup for Sneak and Show. Uh, and then I forget what it was the second time. Uh, probably, uh, it might have been the same, actually. Might have been the same matchup? Yeah. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> Hi, Lily! Shallow Grave! <laughs> I'm telling you, man. Terrifies you, man. She's intimidating. She's a very good magic player. It's, and it's pretty awesome, like, it's pretty awesome you to see her. You know Pat's gonna do that. She's gonna go uh, <laughs> Simeon Spirit Guide, Simeon Spirit Guide, Mana Morphos Counterspell. <laughs> Eat shit, Pat. That's that's what she would tell me to do too. <laughs> Are any cards foreign, Pat? No, I don't do. I don't. I don't pimp out any of my stuff like that. I just. I get like the cheapest white bordered, heavily played cards for the most part. Because a lot of times when I when I've played newer players, I always feel bad because a lot of my cards are foreign and Japanese, yep. and I always feel bad when they're like, "What does that do?" I'm like, "Well, like I'll have Jace, and they won't understand what's happening, <laughs> and, and then it'll get to twelve, and then I'll be like, um, this is where you lose the game.' I'm trying to explain <laughs> it to them, they don't understand. <laughs> Well, the, they don't the, even have sleeves on their deck. Yeah. <laughs> the, the one that caught me a little while ago, like I. 
I love watching you play, Josh, because sometimes you'll do things that like I don't I, I I don't even think about, and then I watch you do it and go, God, that makes fucking sense. Like when you, I mean, you were in a long gridlocked game against Countertop one day, and that's where I actually watching you play against it is where I realized that you could actually just cast E for seven against them. <laughs> like you, you, you were sitting on. It was like your second to last card in your deck. It was, <laughs> but you knew it was there, and you were right. just waiting for it to come up, and then you like played it out and killed him, and it was it was flawless. But the other one I saw because you were talking about your foreign cards was you natural ordered one day, and you pulled up a card and put it on the table, and I didn't know what it was because it's not it it wasn't just familiar to me, but it must have been like a Japanese thrun the last troll. Oh yeah, and like, but you natural loaded up, and it had it's hexproof, right? So he, he couldn't do anything with it, and you exactly. just had it beating his face. And I'm like, man, um, what happened was a lot of years ago. I think it was 2005. Extended um, PT, uh, GP down in Philly. Um, I was playing a rock color um, Death Cloud deck, and I bought a foreign, like I bought a Japanese Nantuko Monastery. At the time, the format was all Loxon, Hyrax, Ravenous, Baylos. They're all just 4-4s. Four okay. And Monastery is a 4-4, four four, but it has first strike. Okay. And so <laughs> the whole entire tournament, like, people would understand, like, and I knew Tuco Monastery, like, yeah, I know what it does. Okay, if you know what it does. They'd attack me, and I would blow them out because I had first strike. They'd be like, oh, I forgot I had first strike. And ever since then, I've loved foreign cards because I'm not, they told me they knew it did. <laughs> okay. <You know? laughs> Yeah. I think another time Jerry, I think, might have yeah. had a like I a foreign your, click. I borrowed your Japanese click. Yeah, and your opponent didn't know to bounce with Caracas yeah. because it's foreign. My opponent has Caracas sitting in play and I I take them from twenty to zero with click swings. Right. <laughs> so you're not cheating, he knows it's click. Yeah. Like there's no lying there. And just, his his friend was standing behind him the entire game and just like getting grimmer and grimmer and like he goes to three and he just starts shaking his head and then I'm like <laughs> I'm like I'm like, okay, it makes sense up to here because you don't want to just keep bouncing click because you're basically giving me the click lock on you. But you do want to stop me from killing you. Yeah. I'm just like, swing with click. <laughs> it's like, yeah, you got it, man. Good game. <laughs> I was like, ah, oh, it's, it's That's great. the thing. Yeah. If it was English, like, they would have read it and been like, oh, yeah, it's legendary. But because it wasn't English, they totally forgot. Yeah, yeah it and feels it's like, I'll never. I'll never, like, run a, a foreign card for the sheer purpose of trying to trick my opponent. I like huh. running foreign cards because it's an, it's an aesthetic thing. Like, I love Russian cards because I find the, the you know, the alphabet beautiful. And it's, it's you know, it makes the card look nicer. Do, but do, do at the same time, now? I'm not going to go out of my way to help my opponent beat me. <laughs> right. Uh, it's, it's definitely a gray area. And you kind of feel bad afterwards, but then you're also like, I, I came here to win. I'm not going to do my opponent any favors. Yeah. Right. So when you get your Russian cards, do you get them by mail? Uh, yeah, sometimes. They come with a free bride? They do come <laughs> with a free bride. <laughs> I actually got some extras. Maybe we'll give them out to listeners. <laughs> I got an Olga. Anyone want an Olga? <laughs> oh, man. But, uh, just an update. Entombs uh, from face-to-face will not be TCG right now, sadly. Even with the conversion rate. No, even with the conversion rate. Yeah, but that's okay. I mean, it's hard to beat TCG just in general. Since no, I know. Even though the face is Canadian, they still got rent to pay. Yep. What are Entombs going for? Uh, Entombs are like between 25 and 30 right now for the most part. Um, TCG has them like like 22, 20 sometimes if you find a good time. So 
I know your Sunday's usually busy, but honestly, I built my collection at That's Entertainment. $10 every week, you know, you just build it up. I never, yeah. spl- I refuse to split. Splitting is not in my blood. I like it. I <laughs> always play it out. You know, you're going to lose a couple, but if you win and they have 25 people, $260, that's a lot of singles. Yeah, no, for sure. So, and, that, and that's how I built up my collection. Like, I barely yeah. ever bought cards with cash, even to this day. See, I like that, because I, like I, well, I always, I always try to make, I always try to play it out, and like you guys always encourage me to play it out, which I always every enjoy. time. Yeah. Well, you know, you know the other thing too that I think is really cool that you say play it out. Like I know for the most part, like legacy players aren't necessarily like the spikiest of Magic players. Like it, you know, it's not like a ton of competitive, like super competitive legacy going on. Like we're not playing for like to get on the pro tour and play legacy. You know what I mean? So, but I think what's cool about that is um, some of the best advice a friend of mine got about being a competitive Magic player was to never, like, scoop to someone in the finals, never to, like, all, you know... Even, like, if you're at an FNM, just, like, never just concede to someone or split prizes because you're losing that chance of having, like, uh, the highest level of play you're going to get that day for the most part. Um, so always play it out, which I think is a really, a really good... Uh, so really, something really good to live by, and that's yeah, something I puts, do myself. It as puts well. a little pressure on you, you know. Now that there's actual money on the line, yep, you know, or credit, you know, it puts a little pressure on you. And how are you going to perform? Yep, mm-hmm. totally agree, totally agree. But they they end up splitting the credit, and I'm like, well, I can buy sleeves, or we can play it out, and I can actually buy legacy singles. Yep, yeah. you know, yep, yeah. So that's a nice little segue, uh, Josh. You got any level up tips for our listeners? You know what. One thing I've always noticed about you is you're probably the most patient player I've ever seen. No shit. <laughs> I don't know how the fuck he does it. Um, I think one of my biggest tips is like I like I don't play a lot of Magic lately, but I still watch. I still watch every weekend. I still read articles. I read every article. Um, I'm always searching for deck lists. I think researching was a big thing for me. That way, I always know what my opponent's decks are. Like, I always know what they're trying to sideboard in to beat me. I always know I'm ready for it every time. I remember a story. My friend was playing Natural Order Rug when Reed Duke was was playing it a lot of years back. And he was playing it for a couple months, my buddy. I had him read one article. And he's like, I read, I learned more in that one article than I read, than I learned the whole entire three months I've been playing this deck. Mm -hmm. So that's one huge thing. If you're trying to learn how to beat a deck, like, for instance, Storm, I wanted to know how to beat the deck. So I built it instead, and then I just chan- I played it for a while. And that's how I learned, you know, now I know how to beat it because I know how it works. I know what they're trying to do, what the what cards are important. I don't know, that, that's two big things. Just read, research, read forums. A lot of the advice you're going to get isn't very good. But there are certain people that are very smart, so just focus on those people, read it, and see what they have to say, ask them questions, and watch good players. I always want to watch... Very high competitive magic, even if it's on the pro tour. You know, a lot of times it's not legacy, but I still just want to watch it. So that's that's some advice. Yeah, that's solid. Uh, I remember first time I ever met you, Josh. It was at uh, That's Entertainment, and I had like just started playing Legacy again after taking a five year break, and I have Reanimator sleeved up, and I didn't own Entombed, so I was running Buried Alive's in its place. <laughs> It's like super budget reanimator. And I just sit down across from you and it's probably like round three or whatever in the day. And we draw our seven and you just look at me in the eye and you go, I have to mulligan. I can't beat reanimator with this hand. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, how does he know? 
but the thing is, I try, like I said, I try to study deck lists a lot. A lot of times people will copy deck lists online, which I will too. I'll make a couple changes. But like, I just want to know what they're going to bring in. Are they going to bring in that Blood Moon to try to blow me out? Are they going to bring in a No Rod and I'm playing all artifacts? Like, I want to know just to have that edge, just so I'm not beat by that Haymaker. Right. So. It's good advice. The other thing, the other thing I always like watching, cause you're still, like, you're still the only one I've ever seen do it, and it looked so freaking crazy, was when you, you must have been doing Shardless Bant. And it was like, you know, I mean, Shardless Age into Stoneforge Mystic actually looked really good. Oh yeah, you were mentioning that to me, Josh. How, uh, we talked about Caleb's, uh, brew the other week, and you said it was, you know, it, it spoke to you. Reminded yeah. me of a deck you used to play. It was similar to a deck. I, I ran it once or twice, and it was just, um, I actually, copied it. I think Rudy Briscoe played it um, on the SCG, and I copied it. But the big thing is it had Thopter Foundry, which was really nice. Yeah. And then you could do things like sack Shardless Agent to Thopter Foundry, and then put it back on top with Academy Runes. Oh, shit! I didn't even think of that! <laughs> yeah, so then you just have a new Shardless Agent trigger, and um, I don't know, the deck is really fun. I thought Thopter Foundry was very, very good. Um... I don't know. That's why I thought it was funny that that deck popped up. Because I was like, oh, I used to play a deck very similar on that. But I, I try to spice it up a lot. I try to play a lot of different decks. I, the only reason I've kind of been on Chardless, it's the last two tournaments, but it's over like a three-month span. Hmm. Um, I just think it's well-positioned. I don't play that much. But if I was playing every week, I would be playing a different deck every week. Yeah. But, I just I want to learn how Reanimator works. I want to learn how Show and Tell works. I want to learn how Dredge works. Um, every deck, I just want to play it and learn how it works. Deathblade, Miracles. So that's that's really the best way to learn a deck is just play it because that, that's how I felt with uh, Dredge. You know, I for the longest time could not figure out how to beat Dredge, and then one day I just proxied it up and you know ran it a couple times. Like, oh, this makes so much more sense. I, you know, it, it seems like every card in the deck does the same thing, but in reality, there's very specific cards that you're looking for, and you need to, to you know, do what they do. Right. I don't think Dredge is a very good deck. People just don't know how to play against it. You know, they'll have, they'll open up a hand with like Spellbomb. Their opponent will get rid of Golgari Grave Troll, and they'll instantly blow Spellbomb. Well, depending on the board situation and everything else, that that could just be an awful play because then the opponent could just discard another Grave Troll the following turn. And then you just lose. Like, I would rather wait until, like, there's Narcomaba triggers on the stack, or mm-hmm. you can get a couple bridges. Um, the biggest thing is, you just don't want them to have a creature in play with bridge in the yard. And then they start chaining infects and keep going. So if you can even, like, let Narcomaba resolve, and then swords it, you know, or just different things. There's, there's a lot of ways to beat Dredge. Yeah. But, but, but it's difficult. Well, that's like a couple weeks ago, I ended up beating Dredge by decking them. Just having Deathrite Shamans in play and knowing what to exile and when uh, just prevented them from going off, and they ended up just dredging away their deck and drawing to lose. Right, if you can hit those Narcomoebas and the Icarids, like, they can't do anything. Yeah, it's true. True that. So, other <laughs> yeah. than that, I don't know. I mean, there's a lot of advice. I could probably talk magic for days, but like I said, just read, watch, talk to people. Always try to talk to better people, you know, Always try to get advice, see what they're saying, and bounce questions off them, and go from there. Good. No, that's solid. I mean, unfortunately, just like the best advice, the best advice is the way you get better at something is hard work. 
Yes, definitely practice and a lot of time. I mean, I've been playing Legacy in particular since like 2004. So, which, I mean, I've taken breaks here and there, but that's a long time, you know. It was a lot different if I was like Pat and only had a year under my belt. Like, mm-hmm. that's a yeah, lot different. Yeah, I definitely feel like jumping in the deep end. I found that like, yeah. when I was playing standard, it took me, it took me probably, you know, two months maybe to go from like, you know, like going two and two or, or whatever to going like 4-0 and like top eighting FNMs like on a, on a weekly basis. Um, yeah. and then, you know, going into legacy, if I like go 500 on a day, that's a pretty good day for me. If I'm like, if I go and do like an SCG event and I finish like six and five, like I'm, that, I'm pretty proud of that. Cause that to me, that's like a solid day. So it's, it's, a, there's been a lot to learn in legacy. And that's one of the things that really, um, I think kind of keeps me interested in the format and the fact that like I've been since I started jumping from deck to deck. Like I have, I mean, I've built, I built Burn. I went to Blue Red Delver. I played Grixis Delver, well, Four Color Delver, and now I'm going into uh, Tin Fins. So I, I like bouncing between decks, and to me, like that's kind of, again, sort of seeing how the decks work is a lot of fun. But also just playing different decks is a lot of fun for me. Right. I think it's different too for local tournaments, like uh, that's entertainment. I'm more likely to just play like some random brew that I find. Like I'll go out of my way. The last time I played, I wanted to play Geist of Saint Traps. Like, the card hasn't been played in I don't know how long. So I just Trudy wanted to play. This was printed. Right, and I just wanted to play it, so I did. But I think, so at a small tournament, I think you're more likely to play against these random brews, more likely to play Burn, in just various decks, where at a big tournament, you're more likely to, like, constantly play against random blue decks. And, mm-hmm. you know, so I think it's different, and you just don't want to get discouraged if you're playing in a small tournament and you're playing against, like, the Blood Moon deck. And I don't know, I think it can you can be discouraged if you go five, two and two, but you can still go to a big tournament and do pretty well because you're going to play against, you know, the Shardless decks and the Miracles and just more consistent, like, tier one top top decks. Yeah. So yeah. as long as you're prepared for them, obviously. Well, speaking of a bigger tournament, did you see the results from the SCG Classic in Atlanta? <laughs> that was sweet. <laughs> <laughs> so let's you – know, I'm just going to run down the top eight real quick, and then we can get into a couple of deck lists if, if anyone's interested. But uh, it was a 70-player event um, down in Atlanta – and uh goblins took it down coming in first. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I fucking love that. We haven't seen <laughs> goblins in a long time. Goblins is a good deck. That was pretty awesome. Um uh Mud came in second, uh Grixis Delver, well, it looks like it was actually four color Delver came in third. Uh followed by um Agrolome, Death and Taxes, Epic Storm, and then two copies of Miracles coming in seventh and eighth. Um, was there anything special that kind of like jumped out at you guys that you thought was interesting or? Um, well, other than. Other than goblins being in first place. <laughs> um, so the aggro loan list is actually super interesting because it's not actually aggro loam, but what you called aggro loam is bug depths. It's bug, it's like bug walkers running dark depths, tabernacles, crop rotations. It's, it's like the uh the lands deck splashing blue for snapcasters and jaces. Mm. So I thought that deck was super sweet. But it also has access to force of will and intuition. Exactly. And it plays the four main deck abruptic I, I don't know, the deck was this is something I would hundred percent play on a Sunday at, at a local game store. Yeah, I definitely want to sleeve this up once I get run stasis through its paces. <laughs> yeah, you know. I mean once I take down some major tournaments with stasis, I'll sleeve this up. <laughs> I'm on stasis for the rest of my life. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so this list is, is awesome. It's two Snapcaster Mage, three Jace, two Liliana, 
four Mox Diamond, one Sylvan Library, four Abrupt Decay, four Brainstorm, three Crop Rotation, three Force of Will, three Intuition, two Life from the Loam, uh, three Thoughtseize, one Forest, one Island, one Swamp, one Bayou, one Bajuka Bog, one Cabal Pit, which is add one black to your mana pool, Cabal Pit does one, one damage to you, or Threshold, pay one black and tap, sack Cabal thip, uh, Pit. Target creature gets minus two, minus two until end of turn. So that plus life from the loam is, you know, infinitely kill Delver's secrets. Yep. Uh, creeping tar pit, uh, lonely sandbar, which is the blue cycle land, three misty rainforest, three polluted delta, one thespian stage, two tropical island, two underground sea, four wasteland, two tabernacle of Pendrelval, you know, baller <laughs> status, and, uh, one dark depths. I think this this list is spice. I like it. I like it. I also love in the sideboard he's running two drop of honey. <laughs> yeah, that's drop nice. of honey. Yeah, it's yeah. it's the original. You know, Proffery nodes, the modern card. No, it's it's the original Proffery node. So it's one green for an enchantment. During your upkeep, the creature in play with the lowest power is destroyed and cannot be regenerated. If there is a tie, you choose which to destroy. Drop of honey must be discarded if there aren't, or just get is sacked if there is no creatures in play. That is that is interesting. <laughs> yeah. So it's like elves. It's like it. It's like a one mana abyss against some decks. Um. So that that card's really interesting. It, it's a sweet card to have. Um. And that plus tabernacle probably means your no creatures are sticking around for very long. Um, and the best part is, is that it combos with Dark Depths, because if for whatever reason you have Merit Lodge in play and Drop of Honey in play, um, and you can't win the game with a Merit Lodge in play for some reason, uh, Drop of Honey prevents your opponent from getting creatures to resolve because it stays around forever because Merit Lodge is indestructible, so can't be destroyed. So unless they have Big Furry Monster... Yeah, unless they have <laughs> unless they have something bigger than a twenty twenty somehow. <laughs> uh, even then, even then, it's it's well. I mean, I guess you can just block with Merit Lodge forever. I was, just try- I was just trying to think of what could be bigger than Merit Lodge. All I could think of was Big Furry Monster, and maybe a, I guess a Sarah. What is it, Sarah Avatar? Yeah, yeah Sarah Avatar. Not too many things can get bigger than a twenty twenty. <laughs> Sarah Avatar used to be in the Reanimator decks or Sneak and Show decks back in the day. Yeah, it did. That was the that was the big creature. Yeah, before Emrakul was printed. Yeah, way before, back when Verdant Force was good and. Yep. But yeah. Now this this bug dick looks awesome, and I definitely want to throw it together sometime. Uh, I think the only thing I'm missing is intuitions. I would like to play it as well. <laughs> we'll we'll just play each other mirror matches all That's day. That's fine. <laughs> Alright, should we talk about the 800 pound gorilla in the room? The fact that goblins won the entire thing? That's pretty amazing. <laughs> I know, right? I also <laughs> want to point out, do you see the one of in the main deck? Uh, I'll give you a hint. It's one of the seven spells that isn't Tarfire or Aether Veil. Vile. <laughs> the Warping Whale? Warping Whale! <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, that's that new, that's, that's that new, uh, Oath of the Gatewatch car we were talking about. That's the one we got pretty fiery about a couple episodes back. Oh, yeah. just playing it with Port. Yep, playing it with Port. Uh, which is good, cause I mean, it. Oh I mean, shit! Kevin and Souls will add, add Waste Mana, won't it? 
Yep, Cavern of Souls. He has eight ways to cast it, so it's pretty good. Uh, yeah, Wasteland. Well, he has Wasteland as well, right? Mm -hmm. So he's got uh, Cavern, Wasteland, twelve. Yep, Yep. Port. He's got ways. Yeah. Yeah, John Peter Ryland. Apparently, he's also a friend of is it Tusk Vision or South Florida Magic? He's one of their local players. Oh, I, it might be South Florida, actually, now that you mention it. Yeah, I think so. So, yeah, shout-out to John Peter. You, you did a good job. Do you, do you want to guess at why today was Goblin's Day out of all days? Because they can counterspell show-and-tells. <laughs> yeah, the Warping Whale won every match by itself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, he beat Mud, so there's... beat Mud, then he either beat... I wonder if he beat the Crazy Bug Deck or Grixis Delver. I mean, I would assume he could crush Grixis Delver as long as he gets mana. Mm-hmm. I mean, once Goblins gets going, it's it's hard to stop. Good. Yeah, it's like it's like Death and Taxes, but more aggressive. Huh? It's like Death and Taxes and Merfolk had a red love child. <laughs> a lot of a lot of one ofs in the uh, the creatures list, huh? In the Goblins, they can search yeah. for them all because they have Matron. So oh, they just right, tutor. right. So yeah, I played. I played my first Goblins deck uh, at at uh, gaming etc. a few weeks ago, and there was a guy running a Goblins deck, but it wasn't quite this. It was uh, it was more on chal- like main deck Chalice, uh, main deck Trinisphere. He was yeah, that wasn't that wasn't a Goblins deck. That's the no. Mod Catcher deck. Yeah, that's Mod Catcher. <laughs> just oh, because Mod Catcher, that's right. That's yeah, right. just because Mod Catcher is a Goblin does not make it a Goblin. It's a Goblin settler <laughs> yeah. with Kiki Jiki, but it's not quite Goblin. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> he's all happy to be Goblins, but it's right, coincidence. So I had that filed away mentally under under Goblins, but I should probably transfer that to the Mod Catcher file. What, what do they call it? Goblin Stompy, though. Uh, yeah, uh, it's. I mean, it's not. <laughs> it's not too too a uh, common deck, so it's whatever the player is playing it. Because it's like, Goblin Settler is like a $50 card, I realized the other day. Yeah. Yeah, it's ridiculous. It was only in the starter deck, right? Yeah, it was printed in starter, so it's only printed white border, so it's like a $50 white border card. Mm-hmm. So, well, I mean, what, Grim Tudor's 200, same situation, printing. Yep. Yeah, exactly. But, um, well, the interesting thing about this Goblins deck is traditionally, and, you know, by traditionally we mean a couple years ago, which is really the last time we saw Goblins place, <laughs> Goblins was running uh, red-white because they are running Thalia to help their combo matchups. Mm-hmm. And this deck has scrapped the white entirely, and it's, ru- it's splashing black for Grenzo Dungeon Warden. Which is that commander, uh, not commander, conspiracy card, which is X black red for a 2-2, comes into play with X plus one plus one counters on it, and it's pay two colorless, put the bottom card of your library into your graveyard. If it's a creature card with power less than or equal to Grenzo's power, put it onto the battlefield. <laughs> and he's running 30 creatures, so he <laughs> has a 50% chance of hitting. <laughs> Uh, so just, you know, that's pretty good. Pay two, put the bottom card of your library into play, usually. And that's what, yeah, and then it's not countered. You can't counter yeah, it. Yeah, it's an ability, so yeah, ability. stifle or nothing. So gets value off of that. And then also he's running Earwig Squad. Which... That one's awesome. <laughs> oh, shit, because that, all right, so you get a black, red, and X can actually get around countertop to get Grenzo out. It yeah. just gets around, it gets around miracles, I guess. Yeah, that's it, it. It's a great answer for miracles. I think miracles is a good matchup, anyways, because you overload them with ringleader. Like they have to terminus every time, and well, then you once draw they, four of ringleader. 
Yeah, and that, and again, after a terminus, all the creatures are at the bottom. This guy's just hundred percent live. Right. Oh yeah, terminus Grenzo. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. Uh, yes, I'm actually gonna stack him. In a <laughs> I'm the one person where that wording on terminus matters. <laughs> oh man. Oh man, he can terminus himself for value if he wants to go really deep. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Ear, Earwig Squad is a weird card. I think it was from, what Lorwyn originally. One of them, Shadowmore. Uh, I think it's Shadowmore. Yeah, it's three black black for a five three with Prowl two two black and Prowl. If people who forget because it's one of those weird keywords that we never saw again, you may cast this card for its Prowl cost if you dealt damage. Uh, dealt combat damage to a player this turn with a goblin or rogue. And it has when Earwig Squad enters the battlefield, if its prowl cost was paid, search target opponent's library for three cards and exile them, then that player shuffles his or her library. So it has like a jester's cap ability on it. (laughs) (laughs) Which I just find hilarious. You can do some fun stuff, like, because I used to play this back in the day. Yeah. And you could do like lackey, attack with lackey, and then you put in war chief, mm-hmm. and then you get to prowl in the earwig squad. This is turn two. Oh, because the goblin uh, war chief reduces the cost of prowl as well. Ex- exactly. So then turn That's... two, you have a lackey, a war chief, and earwig squad. And, and oh this guy, which is a five three. <laughs> and then if you're playing against combo deck, you just rape their deck. Yeah. Oh, that's sweet. That's sweet. That's that's pretty spicy. Oh, now I kind of want to play this deck too. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't built. I haven't ran it in I don't know seven years. <laughs> this is awesome. Oh, <laughs> Such man. a cool deck. You were actually running this seven years ago with the Earwig Squad. I don't know. Uh, no, I, I mean I might be exaggerating with seven years ago, but I definitely played Black Earwig Squad, Warren Weirding, um, just some good Black cards. Weirding was good because Tarmogoyf was popular. Mm-hmm. So. That's pretty good. I'm actually surprised since he already has access to black, he's not running Thoughtseize in the sideboard. Yeah, maybe he's just relying on the Chalice of the Voids and getting out a quick start with his creatures. I don't know. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, Chalice of the Voids is actually hilarious in Goblins because you can play it on one and then use Cavern of Souls in Aether Vial to still get your Goblins in play. Yep. So you just don't care about the Chalice. Plus, I, I, there's not that much combo out there lately, you know. Yeah. Omnitel isn't really played. Storm, I mean, sometimes, but, like, these decks really aren't played that often, so. Yeah, I mean, at most, at most we're seeing, like, one combo deck in recent top eights. Right, so, you know, you can potentially dodge it. You could hope they get a bad hand, or. Yeah. You don't have to prepare too much. Even, like, Shardless isn't that good against combo. I mean, they have game. It depends on what deck. But at the same time, combo's not that popular. Right, right. So, so what do you what do you see for the uh, meta shaping up? What's your call, Josh? Give me your I wild mean, and crazy predictions. Always, Legacy's always wide open, so I don't. I mean, Grixis Delver's still going to be doing well. Um, Shardless, Miracles, Death and Taxes has been everywhere. Like even that. Um, yeah, the, the event that, that we just played in Connecticut, it was all on the top tables. Yeah, there was like three or four death and taxes in the top 16 towards the end right. of the tournament. My first two rounds were against death and taxes. Like, Yeah, I was playing Food Chain in that event, and I found out that Food Chain cannot beat death and taxes, 
and cannot beat Lodestone Golem. <laughs> you found out the hard way. I found out the hard way. Yeah, my two losses that day that knocked me out. Death and taxes and mud. Well, now you got stasis, so... Now I got stasis, so I'll just... I'll troll on death and taxes with stasis. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Nacy, so vile. <laughs> get to use it once, buddy. Right. So I don't know. I mean, obviously people are going to still play blue decks, brainstorm, and they want force will, so... Maybe elves will pick up? I don't know. I, I don't see why elves isn't played that much, besides miracles. Yeah, elves got really shoved down during the Treasure Cruise days, and I think people just forgot to pick it back up when Treasure Cruise was banned. Right, I, I mean, I think it'd still be good. It crushes death and taxes, it beats... It's good against a lot of stuff. I think miracles, it's just not a great matchup. It beats shardless bug, usually. Um, death, like, it just beats up on a lot of decks, so... Maybe yeah. maybe it can't beat like um, it can't beat lands because they can just crop rotation for glacial chasm. Mm-hmm. But other than that, I mean, I don't know. I could see that deck picking up picking up steam. Yeah, people just need to remember to play it again. Right. What do you see? All these uh, these new mud brews coming out. People are uh, really liking the Eldrazi mud. Yeah, it's pretty scary. I mean. Those decks are scary. I mean, luckily they mulligan a lot. Yep. But when they get a good hand, I mean, it's just scary. They can yeah. do so many powerful things. Just turn two Lodestone Golem is terrible. I not not that it's a bad play. It's that I just get so distraught when my opponent goes like, turn one Ancient Tomb Grim Monolith. Turn two Lodestone Golem. <laughs> There's so many good things they could do. Chalice of the Void, Trinisphere. Like, yeah, exactly. Lightning Greaves. I mean, every card in their deck is a bomb. I I hope to draw full Wastelands, or else I'll probably lose. Right. Yeah. You just have to hope that they get a bad draw. <laughs> right. Uh, Thoughtseize well, is really good as long as you get Thoughtseize out before they play Chalice. Or you hope to draw Nullrod. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, Null, Null Rod's hilarious against that deck. <laughs> even even so, I had a Null Rod against them and they still beat me because Lodestone yeah, it's still not that great. They have Lodestone Cloud stole, Post. Yeah, Lodestone Golem stole a five three. Yeah, how do you beat a Worm Coil engine? You know. Yeah. It's like nice abrupt decay, bro. <laughs> you can hit my tapped Grim Monolith that I've never right. untapped. <laughs> right. So I don't know, the deck's definitely scary. I try to rely on its inconsistencies and force it will like the Grim Monolith or something that's important, depending yeah. on what I think they might have. Yeah, exactly. Because that's the thing is like if you're running counter spells, you have to de- you have to decide between countering their ramp and countering their bombs. Because if you right. make the wrong choice, they either have extra ramp and they don't care that you countered their Grim Monolith, or they have extra bombs and they don't care that you countered one, you know, lodestone golem. Right. Yeah, I was playing Food Chain, and I, I forced a will to Lodestone Golem, and he followed up the next turn by playing two more. <laughs> My God, that's good. <laughs> so yeah, that deck's definitely scary. I hope it doesn't get played that much. <laughs> yeah. Because I've always played... It's just like a 12-post deck, and 12-post decks typically beat every deck I want to play. <laughs> <laughs> you also have, you know, other other opinions about 12-post decks. <laughs> yes. But... But typically, they're very good against my decks that do nothing. Yeah. So they, yeah, you, they you do like nothing your, a lot better. You like your patient control decks that aren't miracles. <laughs> right. I mean, I've been it. I've been known to bring Price of Progress in my random control deck sideboard if I knew it was in the room. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, but no, I've seen you like hold on to a brain, brainstorm for like ten turns. 
I mean, it kind of depends. If you don't have a fetch land, you might not. Like, it, it kind of all just depends on the game state. Yeah. So, that's what it's all dependent on. And I try to, I try to see what my opponents are on, try to get a feel for what they're playing, what they could have in their hand, what they're hoping to hit. I try to get a read for... That's one thing I think I'm really good at, is, is reading my opponents. Yeah. If I can only just, do that in poker and make a lot of money. You do the Yu-Gi-Oh move where you just look into their eyes and you can see through their eyes and you look at their hand. <laughs> People give it away a lot of times. <laughs> yeah. They give it away. Like, when they draw Wasteland, they immediately look at your land. Yeah. Like, 100% of the time, just snap look at your land. And I'm like, all right, what land's he going to hit? <laughs> just different things I You do that up. all the time. I, I, I love playing, like, games next to you because... Like, I'll be looking at, my, at your opponent's hand, and he'll draw something, and then before you, he even does anything, you're like, yeah, do you want to abrupt decay the counterbalance or the meddling mage? <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, oh, how did you know? He's like, because. <laughs> Just people give it away. I mean, it's like how poker pros read poker players. I can't do that, clearly, but it's just the same thing. People give it away. They don't. They don't know it, but they do. You know, they'll look in their graveyard when I know that they play Snapcaster in their deck. Okay, what do you think they drew? You know? Yeah. That's right. that's true. I do have a tendency to count out my graveyard when I'm looking at Delva spell away. Oh my god, right. during Treasure Cruise Dig Through Time, it was hilarious. <laughs> people like people would literally just like draw a card, pick up their graveyard, count out, put it down, and then go go. <laughs> <You're> like, <laughs> All right, looks like I'm saving my force of will. <laughs> I just try to play with my graveyard a little spread out so that way, you know, I do it pretty neatly, but that way I know what's in it at all times. Mm-hmm. And so if I do drop Snapcaster, I don't have to make it as obvious. Yeah, I think it was you who taught me the uh, the three-layer trick. You just uh, kind of fan out. You do in three-layer stacks. You do three cards, then three cards on top of that, three cards yeah. on top of that. I mean, there's plenty of ways to do it, but I kind of want to already know, you know what's in there. How many of my dual lands have been wastelanded, so I know how many left in my deck. Mm-hmm. Just different things like that. And other- I don't want to give it away to my opponent, you know? The other thing I find, like, the, the other thing that interests me watching you play, Josh, is you're very, you're very mechanical, but you're very mechanical as far as, like, you know, we, you're not sitting down anxious over leaning, flipping cards and shit. You're, you're very laid back and just comfortable and relaxed and ag- completely in acknowledgement of what you're doing. You know what I mean? It's, it's, it's more enjoyable to play across from you. Like, I, you know, I played somebody a couple weeks ago who just <laughs> was flicking. <Candy> flipping guy. <laughs> The what? The candy flipping guy. <laughs> <laughs> you ever hear a candy flipping, Josh? No. Uh, <laughs> you don't want to. It's okay. Josh lives a wholesome life. Adrian, Josh right? does. He lives a wholesome life. He's a he's a god fearing man. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, yeah, the kid was just like flicking cards and like it was really. It's it's uh, I don't know. It's just really uncomfortable. But like, it, it's so you're probably one of the most fun people to lose against. <laughs> That's random. <laughs> I don't know. I, I do typically try to have fun. There's certain people that I don't have fun against, so you know I don't have fun in the match. I try to I try to just have a conversation. It's not magic to me. The thing I like about it is it's a it's social. You know, yeah. yes, I'm going to a tournament and spending you know 12 hours there, and I'm and I'm competitive. I want to win, mm-hmm. but it's more about hanging out with friends. Mm-hmm. Like, there was an event at the beginning of January up in Lemonster or Fitchburg, and I didn't go because I didn't know who was going to be there, and I don't want to go just by myself because it's not as fun to me. You know, it's I'm there to have fun. I'm there to 
socialize and even during my games, you know, I just want to have fun. It's, we're all there to learn. We're all there to try to win, be competitive, have fun. That's what it's yeah. all about. I had a good time when we went down to the, the Grand Prix trial, too. Yeah, exactly. It's always fun. It's, I mean, it's even more fun when you win, but. Yeah. Well, no, it was, it's, it's, well, the thing is, it's fucking cool, cause when, like, when I lose, like, if I lose to you, I, I will guarantee I just learned something. Like, it doesn't even matter what. Mm -hmm. Like, there's been times where, you know, there's different things, different ways I've lost you, and like, suddenly I'll acknowledge I just gave something away with a read. Or, or like, um. No, guys, Josh is like in Yu-Gi-Oh! He just looks into their soul and knows what they're holding. <laughs> well, there's always. that, but there's even just even just watching him play, you can see him sculpt his hand over time. Like, like if if you're just like behind him over the shoulder and you're just watching him play, you, you can see how like it's very calculating, you know, the entire time. But it's calculating and relaxed. It's it's. I have uh, some. I have some very bad reads sometimes, though. <laughs> very bad. Even this past weekend or the. The last event, I'm playing against Death and Taxes round two. This is game two, so I already I already have a feel for my opponent, and a couple people were watching me, so that made it even worse. And the situation was something like he had Mother Runes and Athalia, and I had Abrupt Decay, and I had Abrupt Decay up basically, and I had a couple creatures like two Death Rites and a Shardless, and he equipped his Jit, and that taps him out, and I knew he was going to do that, and he attacks with Thalia. My plan was to, I wanted to abrupt decay mom, or Tha I wanted to abrupt decay Thalia when he goes to give her protection after I block. Okay. I just assume, I just assume he's gonna try to save Thalia when I block with a couple creatures. Mm -hmm. And then I'm gonna kill Thalia in response to him giving protection with mom. And then the following turn I had Liliana, I was gonna Liliana eat him. Oh, okay, yeah. I make this play knowing, completely knowing what could happen because he has Jit with first strike on Thalia but I kind of was, wasn't was putting my opponent to know that Oh, and he did so, uh -huh. <laughs> so then he proceeded to pretty much wipe my board and I, and I ended up killing like a jit, I didn't even kill his creatures because he, he never had to use mom uh -huh. so his mom never tapped so I couldn't abrupt decay a creature because that just does nothing mm -hmm. so I, I make some pretty bad reads sometimes <laughs> also like I said, several people were watching too. They were like, "What is he doing?" And I can't explain it in the middle of the match. But right. Basically, I just got wrath of God. <laughs> uh, it also helps whenever we play, and my luck just blows your reads out of the water. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like, ah, oh, there's no way he drew his fourth days. Up oh, there, it is. There's the fourth days. <laughs> days is another card too. When you're sideboarding, just remember that a lot of people sideboard it out on the draw. And I don't always. It kind of depends on the matchup and if I think my opponent's going to play around it. But I think a lot of people that don't know and have read a couple articles, just what they do. So if you're playing against it, game two, you might be able to just jam into days knowing that they can't have it. So just little tricks like that you can learn. And then on the flip side, you don't board out your days, and then when people don't play around it, you just blow them out. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Then they say, you're supposed to board them out. And you're like, yep, and that's why I didn't. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Magic's fun. I I enjoy playing it. I've been playing it a long time, and I'm glad you guys had me on. This has been awesome. Yeah, man. Well, before you go, we got to do scoops in the top eight. Okay. I'll go last. You go last, all right. I'll go first. 
I, I, I'm gonna scoop Josh in the top eight anyway for a number of reasons. Number one, like, you were one, like, you know, when me and Jerry started doing a cast, you were one of the first people listening to it when we were just sending it out by email. And, yep. uh, and the initial feedback was fucking awesome. And I, I miss, I miss seeing you at the store cause, like, to me, going down at Heath is like, I, I really, it's, it's been, uh, it's been sad for a while going down there cause I'm not seeing you, I'm not seeing Nick, I'm not seeing Dan. You know, you guys are always fucking, you guys are really cool to play with, um, and learn from and lose to. <laughs> we don't win every time. Uh, I, I well, no, lot. but you got, but you got damn good records. Uh, and, and usually if you lose, you're usually doing something, um, abnormal anyway, which is just commendable. Like, like you know, the like, natural order Hartwood Storyteller deck? Yeah. <laughs> like, you just, you, you're doing stuff that's, um, Fucking strong, crazy, and just, uh, really good. So really respectable. Um, anyway, so yeah, so I wanted to scoop you in the top eight, plus, uh, you also, you know, you were, uh, I went out and saw you at your new place, too, a little while ago, and you were helpful with the, with the charity drive, too. Well, thanks, you. I have, I have some more stuff to donate, I just found the other day, actually, so. Well, then we're only like 15 minutes away from each other, we should, uh, meet up at some point. Yes, we'll have to do that. Maybe. Sorry, speaking of the charity drive, uh, Pat, how's the auction going? It's going great. Uh, the <laughs> Pat, Pat, how's Jerry's auction handled? <laughs> <laughs> I know, I, I delegated it to Pat, that's why I need to, you know, as his manager, I need to check up on him I, and I make got sure he's listening to, listen to you hear about how you're going to set it up and, oh, I need a picture and all that shit, and so I just did it. I know, so. and you used the same picture that was in the Facebook group, didn't you? Well, yeah, I mean, that's the yeah. one that makes the most sense, right? Yeah, Jerry, see, it was, like, completely available. <laughs> I don't have time to scroll back. I literally like, put it I put it up while we were podcasting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's going well. Uh, by the time this comes out, the auction will have closed, because uh, it's going to close on the 31st. Um, so by the time you're hearing this, it will have already closed. And uh, But uh, everyone's been great. Everyone's gotten their bids in, and uh, people have been bumping up the post. And, yeah, it's been great, man. Well, what's what's the current bid at? Uh, I believe it's one fifteen right now. One fifteen, and let's see what one going on eBay's for. So yeah, that's right about right about where it is. Nice. Does nice. the Eternal Witness playmats really go in there? Wow. Yeah. On eBay, no shit. Yeah. Um, I also and you know more scoops in the top eight too. I got a package recently from um, Andrew Wright from Team Tusk. He sent up some stuff from Atlanta. Oh, so nice. that was uh, yeah. So I got more comments and. Uh, a couple more playmats also, and um, and then there was even you know I made mention one day of something and somebody was hitting me up on Twitter and sent me a couple of cards for the sideboard of Merfolk. So that was uh, oh, that was awesome. yeah that was really fucking cool. That was really cool. And then I still got I still got more. I got a long box of um, bulkers that I got to meet up with uh, with someone on to see um, what that can generate too. Because that's that's also for charity. So that's all. That's all good stuff. There's uh, there's really a lot of cool people, and I don't know. I I find it like for me personally, I do typically find that I found more cool people to interact with playing Legacy. Yeah. And, oh yeah. Uh, we just had the chance to record with one of them, so I'm <laughs> fucking I'm I'm glad Josh joined us. Yeah, this has been awesome. Thank you guys. Yeah. Well, go ahead, Pat. I'm done. Um. <laughs> uh, <laughs> 
Um, I I don't have any scoops this week, so we can just move right on to Jerry. Oh, you nice. sucker. <laughs> well, uh, I mean, I definitely want to scoop in Josh because, Josh, honestly, I would say I've learned more from you about Legacy than probably, like, pretty much everyone else combined. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I mean, whenever I'm like, ah, I don't know what the fuck I should play, Josh, what what should I play right now? <laughs> I had you, didn't I, I told you that Agrolome. Yeah, deck, you're, the one, you're the one who first told me about Agrolome. You're like, play, play this deck. I'm like, oh, yeah, this deck's sweet. <laughs> but, but, but Jerry wants a 61st card. Yeah. <laughs> I remember you guys had that debate for a while about Jerry playing the 61st was like a Taxian probe. 62, you wanted to play like 64. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you talked me down at 62. <laughs> the thing was, you, when you were on camera and you were playing against, um, I figured you were playing maybe Shields, and I was so mad that they didn't like make note of your deck that had like 62 or 64 cards. <laughs> I was like, guarantee they talk about it on camera, and then they never did. Yeah. <laughs> it was 62. It was 62 cards. But what they ended up doing is... Um, they posted my sideboard as only 14 cards, and then posted my main deck as 61. So I was well, getting like, <laughs> I was getting messages on Facebook from people asking me what the 60, what the 61st card was that was supposed to be in my sideboard, and I had to tell them like, actually, they left out a card out of the sideboard and the main deck. <laughs> Just Star City couldn't couldn't imagine someone playing 62 cards. <laughs> like top top fouring with 62 cards. Right. <laughs> the, the two extra cards were Gatachian Probe. They, they don't count. They look free. <laughs> yeah, they're free. They're free. <laughs> Even though your Delvers never flipped. I know for like 16 turns in a row. Mm. I've seen. I've watched that video. It's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> like Cedric Phillips and what is it? Uh, Patrick Chapin or uh, was it Peter Sully? It might have been Patrick Sullivan. They're just laughing their asses off as I go turn <laughs> after turn after turn, not flipping Delver. <laughs> yeah, if anyone wants to see the video, I'll put it in the show notes. So yeah, got to scoop Josh in. Thanks for coming on, man. And then I also have to scoop this story in that was shared with me. I want to read this really quick because I find it absolutely hilarious. Uh, so this was this was posted on Reddit and made the rounds. Uh, a couple years back, me and three friends were discussing the ban lists and doing a night of ban list free uh, EDH. Proxies were allowed and everything was legal, so let's have some fun. Three of us build extremely degenerate decks, and the fourth guy shows up with bug control dot deck. We were confused. Three of us attempted to go for super early wins, and they kept getting countered slash disrupted by somebody at the table, usually the bug control player. He just sat there, drew crap tons of cards, ramped to obscene levels, never missed a land drop, and never missed an opportunity to stop other people from winning. And every card in his deck was a proxy, even his basic lands. We're all confused but beyond all reason. What the hell is he doing? What is his win condition? What the fuck is going on? Why? <laughs> End of turn, he casts Cyclonic Rift uh, and defends it, then starts his turn with everyone tapped out from trying to stop his Cyclonic Rift. As he starts his turn, he casually picks up basically every card in front of him and removes the piece of paper from the sleeve, revealing Cheaty Face. Every <laughs> single card. Cheat face. <laughs> every card in his deck was cheaty face with a slip of paper over it. He swings and kills everybody. That was easily the best game I've ever lost. <laughs> we were more confused by how he'd gotten a hundred copies of cheaty face on short order. Turns out the moment we started talking about the band free night, he started stockpiling them. <laughs> so if you don't know, cheaty face is a is a uh, card from Unhinged. 
and it's uh, blue blue for a two two flyer. And you are able. It says you may sneak cheaty face into play at any time without paying for it. But if an opponent catches you right away, that player may remove cheaty face from the game. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I just found that story hysterical. It is super scary. funny. It's funny. <laughs> Oh man! All right, Josh, who you got? <laughs> um, I'd like to scoop in the three of you guys for having me on, and uh, thank you. And I do I listen to the podcast. I miss a couple here and there, but I try to listen to it as much as possible. Um, and I definitely enjoy it. That's why I wanted to come on. Um, and just the legacy community as a whole, you know, I, like I said, it's I like to have fun. I, you know, I've met a lot of great people. I used to go to New York every month, you know. I don't know. I just met a lot of great people all around the East Coast. And I just have fun socializing at events. It's basically hanging out with friends for 12 hours. We just happen to play a game, you know, for 50 minutes in between every round. <laughs> <laughs> well, for me, my decks are always do-nothing decks, so probably at least 50 minutes. But I don't know. I just, the legacy community, I, I just love everyone so nice and just have a good time, you know. So yeah, that's what I'd like to scoop in. Nice. Awesome like that uh, cool anyone got anything else uh adrian did you, you want to read that email you said you got oh yeah sure uh, while i'm looking it up i actually had another question for josh for a second uh -oh. what the hell was that fucking creature that like when it connects with somebody they lose the game but if it comes into play and it wasn't cast you lose the game age the untouchable, Fage the untouchable. that's yeah. it that's it yeah. josh you ever beat anybody with that i'm just wondering have you ever Honestly, tried to find have, have, have you ever found a way to connect somebody at no, that no i think I, I think i have um Wait, could you could you play that in like a reanimator deck? I mean, it has to be well, like, you can't reanimate it. Yeah, you can't reanimate. You have it. to cast it. Um, or I don't know. Oh, I don't. That's what I'm no, curious about. If there's a way to get away with it, I no, think Josh probably might have a way to do it. It was with um Volras Volras Shapeshifter, I think. If, okay. I could be mistaken, but if I think with Volras Shapeshifter, when you know when it was in play, it copies the top creature in your graveyard. Mm -hmm. Oh, so you can't. Exactly. Okay, would that work like Necrotic Ooze too? I wonder if that would do it too. Oh no, because that's an, that would be an activated ability. Okay, not a triggered ability. Huh. I mean, I'd I'd have to double check Phage, but I think that's how we did it. Was Volrash Shapeshifter with um with Phage in the graveyard. Okay, they're, they're, we're talking about Cheaty Face, and I started remembering that Face the Untouchable, and I figured if anybody ever had the experience to kill somebody with that, it would probably be you. <laughs> but there's like. Can you stifle that that uh, enters the battlefield trigger? Uh, when Phage when Phage the Untouchable enters the battlefield, if you didn't cast it from your hand, you lose the game. Can you stifle that? Uh, judge, judge. <laughs> it it says when, time. but I don't know. It, it, it I'll, I'll look it up. I'll look, I think I'll it, look it, it, it says when, but I think the if re-triggers it again. I'm not sure. Okay. Um, I, I'll uh, I think I'll go you to the can judge. Stifle site. anything. Stifle count is everything. <laughs> <laughs> rule of thumb is stifle it. I love stifle. It's one of my favorite cards. If your opponent lets you get away, yeah. yeah. The, the question is, did your opponent let you get away with it? I guess. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So I did get. Yeah, I got this email, and it's um, it's from Jared Feist, and it just says. Dear Cast, I wanted to personally thank you for making this podcast. I drive a medical supply van for a living and spend a lot of time on the road. I recently got into podcasts, and when I found yours, I, I binge listened for a month straight and finished all of the episodes. There's not there's not much legacy down here in Knoxville, Tennessee, so it's fantastic getting to listen to all of your first-hand accounts. 
I'm bummed that I now have to wait for new episodes to come out, but I eagerly wait for the next episode like a housewife addicted to Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you guys so very much, uh, fan for life. So I just wanted to, I just wanted to share that because I read that the other day and I'm like, holy sh, like damn, like you know, there's a lot of, you know, whenever, of course, whenever we do this, I like to. You know, there's, there's nobody listening to this, right? And then, like, and of course, Andrew comes on. He's like, "No, you're wrong," and I know I'm wrong. You know, but I, 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 a lot of times, I'm more content to be wrong. You know, it's um, but it's it's kind of it, it's strange when that's uh not strange. It's just I guess I don't know how else to put it. It's just it feels weird when it's like acknowledged like that. So that was really kind of cool. I'm glad we able to lighten up this guy's drive anyway. Yeah, that's awesome, man. Thank you for the feedback. It's always great to hear people who uh. Who enjoy what uh, what you guys do, you know? Awesome. All right, well, Josh has got a brand-new German Shepherd puppy he's got to play with. So that's not a yes. metaphor. That's that's a literal thing. <laughs> sick, sick fucks out there. <laughs> I did just get a get a German Shepherd. Um, January 10th we got him, so he's he's only 10 weeks old. Oh, that's one day after my birthday. We could have joint birthday parties. You could. Next <laughs> we could. Let's do I it. I can imagine Jerry and the dog sitting on the floor with little birthday hats on, <laughs> like just like eat, both eating out of dog bowls. Uh, you named <laughs> well, the dog after me, right? Uh, unfortunately, no. <laughs> to me, me and Josh actually have the same birthday too. We could have done a big party for all three of us, and I could have right? really just taught you all what candy flipping was about. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. I don't know if I want to know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you don't. You don't. You don't. It's not PG. <laughs> so, so, some histories are clouded. Oh, man. Right. Most right. of it you just don't remember if it was a good one. All right, Pat. You know the drill. Yep. Play us out with something sweet. <laughs> oh. <laughs> you can email us at leavinglegacymtg at gmail.com or find us on Twitter at Mathematrixer at JMEE3RD or at Pat Uglo. Thanks for listening. Remember... Play fast, not loose. This one goes out to all my wizards. Straight West Coast in house. Ugh. I used to hang at the cool kids' table. Now I skip my lunch. You can find me fighting bears with a savage punch. Drafting rares with some squares and I have a hunch. I'ma slap your elder dragon in a camel clutch. Cast a bunch of counter spells, I'm going kamikaze. Jump off Urza's tower, elbow dropping in Eldrazi. You playing proxy? That's cute, I'm pimping power. I'm a warrior. Ain't phased by your freaking powers. I'm spending hours locked up in a comic shop. It's Friday night, I'm trying to fight. Your angel gets atomic drop. Come off the top, master structure, wrath of God. Boy, win a word, you can't even. Got you acting on. Attack the squad, you pass the turn with untapped islands. Got blue men and teardrops running down my eyelids. I came for violence, not permission for surreal. If I catch you slipping, I'll be splinter twinning for the kill. Tap, tap, tap to attack. I'm addicted to that cardboard crack. Crack, 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 crack another pack. I'm addicted to that cardboard crack. I'm running out of cash. I'ma have to charge. Spend my rent money on some magic cards. I'm running out of cash, but I'm living large. Spend my food money on some magic cards. Flew out to Vegas. Throughout my entire plan Play so much burn They had to call the fireman Try your hand I eat your charm boy with hot sauce 
Catch me tapping these happy trees. Bob Ross, Cranko Mob Boss, swarming in a horde of tokens. Goblin Storm, need I warn you? It's sort of broken. The cork is open. Champagne pouring victory. Plus I cracked an expedition. Get to sleep. Tap, tap, can see. Tell me how does losing taste. A little salty. Sorry about your stupid chase. I'm using haste. Stay sharper than a thumbtack. You tell Reddit posted pictures posing by my bum crack. I don't want that. Come on, you lack focus. You're a squire. I'm a fire. I'm a black lotus. Last notice. If I lose, this isn't safe. I'm in a suit. Andrew, dude, I'm just insane. Tap, tap, tap to attack. I'm addicted to that cardboard crack. Point of the game is shuffle the cards. You, you deal the, you play the land, you play the game. You're playing.